Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesusu Christu. Please be seated. So today we have two guests from France, Antoine and Clara, who are promised to be married. They're sitting in the back there. I don't know where he's at. Is he there? Oh, then stand up. You know you're going to stand for your wedding, so do it now. Practice. I had a cousin. Yeah. I had a cousin in New Jersey, and I went to celebrate his wedding, and he passed out. So anyway, we got a chair, we put him on the chair, and I finished the wedding. But they're still married, and they still have several children, so he wasn't too, he wasn't too shy anyway. So. But we wondered how it was gonna go. So we wish you both well, and you have my blessing to, for a beautiful, happy life, although you live in France. We'll pray for that, too. <laughs> the text today for the homily is from the Gospel, and it's sort of a warning. Even if one should rise from the dead and return, they would not believe. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I remember I read a book, uh, a pamphlet that some bishops put out, and uh, it raised a great debate because uh, in that booklet, they talked about the resurrection as being the greatest miracle of our Catholic faith. Well, others said the resurrection is the source of many miracles of our Catholic faith, especially the holy sacraments. And so I think they were both right. I don't know why they were arguing about that. But Christ is risen from the dead. And he's given us two things. He's given us a holy life in this world, which prepares us for a greater life in the world to come. But we have to keep the faith, as they say. And I think in today's gospel that the problem was these people were sort of blind to the faith. That's a great problem in the world now. The very basis of civilization is religion. Without that discipline, which religion brings to a people, they will not survive. They have to know somehow right from wrong. And the epitome of belief is in the divinity of Jesus Christ. And he came for a specific reason. He came to save sinners whom he loved. 
He came to save those that did not know right from wrong and lived an imperfect life. Not that anybody's life is perfect, but the fathers of the church say, we are tending towards perfection if we attempt to live a life as taught to us by the Holy Gospel. Only one man can save you, Jesus Christ. But he will not save you against your will. He wants cooperation. So we monks in the monastery, we spend time in prayer and in cooperation. We don't necessarily pray for ourselves all the time, but we pray for all of you and ourselves so that we will be understanding uh, the teaching of the gospel and live a grace life and join each other together in the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus Christ says, the kingdom of God is within you. That's a great gift. In other words, it starts already on earth here that we have these gifts, the greatest of which is the Holy Eucharist, because we eat his body and drink his blood in a holy meal, and that is the food for the journey, the great food for the journey. So we are not alone. We have our patron saints. We have the angels. And we have our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who feeds us on his body and blood. Why wouldn't anybody get to heaven? Pride and arrogance. One needs humility to make the faith and realize you can do nothing for yourself without Almighty God, especially his divine Son. That should bring you to a humility. One of the faults I find in the Christian community, and I have my own too, is that they think about themselves all the time and what they want and uh, what they can have. And this country is probably the worst about materialism. That will not get you to heaven. If you go to heaven, you have to bring something with you. The good works you've done in this life. And you should be beautiful when you arrive at the gates of heaven because you've been fed in the body and blood of the Lord. But some people, even Catholics, do not appreciate how we should pray and live. I just came from a retreat uh, down in Phoenix. It was very nice there, except <laughs> we had beautiful conferences uh, priests gave to us. And uh, Thursday night, he looked out the window, and there was a huge snake outside the window. It really shook me up. And he was had his mouth open, and his rattle was going, and he was big because that rattle was really big. 
And they said to me, what do you think? I said, I think the devil's unhappy because we're getting along so well and we're enjoying our conferences. He sent his messenger to disturb us. Now, you may not believe like that, but we get all sorts of signs from heaven and from hell. But what do you choose? So I said, they said to me, I said, I'm not going out there. I mean, it's a huge sake. I said, I'm not going out there. So they got lights and they walked around the back out another door and took me uh, to my room. And I had a deacon with me. The deacon was with me to take care of me. And uh, I don't know what he thought about it all, but I was very much disturbed that Satan can be so visible in the world, that Satan can conquer our hearts and through the brightness of the world, the shiny things, that he can distract us for our constant holding in our mind and heart the memory of Jesus and his presence amongst us and the grace he brings to us. Now, the retreat master, uh, he, was, is the, he was from Pittsburgh, and his preaching was about the way to live the life. And he spent lots of hours, and we were on the sitting on the edge of our chair. And he would go over time. He said, well, I have to stop now. We didn't want him to stop. As he talked to us about the holy life, they were sent here to lead. And then the enemy showed up. <laughs> God help us. What he said was, be not afraid. That's from Pope Paul, I think. Be not afraid. He says, be brave and fill your heart with the love of God and give each other the counsel and love that they need to gain the kingdom of heaven. Let there be peace in your hearts, in your home, and uh, we met Deacon's son there, Gregory. He's a little bit shorter than his dad. Very nice gentleman. And I noticed he picked us up at the airport and took us to retreat house. He had his rosary there in the car. And he talked to me about his faith. It was beautiful. He's a very successful businessman internationally known. He didn't talk about that. He did not talk about the money he made. He talked about God and his love for his father. And uh, Gregory talked to him a little bit. I was in the front seat for my legs. So we got to the airport and they finally got us where we'd be situated, you know. And we stood there and he stood there looking at us with tears in his eyes. 
sign of his love for his dad. And I think he appreciates that we have been friends for years. It's a beautiful experience. The retreat was a beautiful experience until that nasty guy came along. So listen to this. Two women came out to deal with that big steak. I said, well, what are you going to do? They said, don't worry. We'll get that snake. So when we got up in the morning, thank God there was no sign of the snake. But I said to the deacon, I don't think I'd want to live in Arizona with all those critters running around. We have our own critters, but I'm not afraid of them somehow. We have right here on the mountain bears, wolves, uh, coyotes, uh, other critters. We keep the dogs, and we're safe. I feel safe here. Besides, it's been blessed by a bishop. The church is consecrated. The ground is consecrated. And we have our prayers, and we have each other. But I said, when I came home, I said to myself, Maybe I don't appreciate my brother monks as much as I should. That goes for any family. We should all try to appreciate other, each other and the faith we have. Those priests who I was with there, uh, they work very hard. And they get along wonderfully. And the Holy Father has not given us our new bishop yet. I keep to say, we say, Satan, just keep praying. Maybe God has someone wonderful to send to us. And he will edify us. As you know, a bishop's first job is to be father to his priests. That's his first job. So we continue to pray for our bishop. So it was a very good five days in Arizona for me. And uh, if you like the desert, it's okay, I guess. But I was once in Arizona for two weeks when the desert bloomed. It was terrific. The flowers on those cactus, terrific to see. But get there for that two blo- to, for those two uh, weeks if you can. They should know when that's going to be. And I thought to myself, even in the driest, barrenest place, there is beauty. Sometimes our hearts are not very warm. And our prayers are short. And we're not feeling too holy. But your soul is a beautiful place, even when it's a desert. The love of God makes everything bloom, like those priests. We are short on priests now. We lost the last two years, we lost about five priests. Beautiful men. But disease got them like that snake came around. We are fallen. And we must pray to God to keep us well, not for a selfish motivation, but to do his will. 
You must walk your life on the path to lead the heavenly kingdom. You must say, like Paul, I live now, but I, but Christ lives in me. You must learn the mysticism of Paul and John so that your life and your heart will be beautiful and filled with life. With that holiness that Christ gives to us, we have a sure thing to get to heaven. Do not be distracted by the wealth of the world, nor partying. Do your partying at home in your family. Watch over your children. They fall away sometimes. If you raise them right when they're young, they will come back. Think of the people that you've known that gone before you and how beautiful they were. And they're waiting for you. And you're going to have a big party. But for this week on retreat, it was quite a party for me to be there among these holy men, these holy priests. And to see how they suffer. Some of them are married. It's difficult raising children near a priest. Some of them have mission parishes. There's not a lot of money coming in. I say that's good. The struggle is good. It's worth it. Because something beautiful will happen to that struggle. So uh, one of the conferences, I just want to tell a little more. We talked about the sacrament of penance. Or as you say, few folks say confession. The retreat master started to talk about the effects of the sacrament. Well, it's simple to tell you the effects of the sacrament. Forgiveness of sin. Penance which you do when you go to confession. And the one he didn't talk about was a promise of grace in time of temptation. So when you're tempted, you can think about the grace that you already have to help you over your temptations. Then he went on Another conference about temptations. What they are, where they come from. They come from our very nature because we're a fallen people. We do the original sin. We have all sorts of fallen temptations. But do not lose hope. Although your sins are like scarlet, they will be forgiven you because of your love. Temptation and sin is not as great as love. And love purifies and motivates that you'll do the right thing. And doing the right thing, you're glorifying the Father. One little saint of early church, he said this about penance. 
He said, God loves our struggle to do good. He sees us in this, our struggle, and he gives us grace. It's a beautiful thing. Don't always think about my bad sins. Think about the struggle that you're going through to be forgiven those sins and to be beautiful in God's sight. And he even looks at you and he gives him hope. God gives you love because of the struggle. It's part of the process. I know many of you are influenced by the West and their legalism, but that's the way they are. And uh, they make sin seem so, they have mortal sin and venial sin, and we acknowledge that. But the most beautiful thing about sin is you can repent and become beautiful and live the God of life in your soul. So you had the power to conquer. And when you conquer, you feel joy. When you're in sin and you sin, you feel depression. But that joy can last a lifetime. And we have to learn about our weakness so that we can rejoice in our strength. And our strength is Jesus Christ, as the gospel tells us today, and he is risen. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.